Welcome to the Nourishing Place podcast. My name is Kelly Newton. I'm an intuitive spiritual guide on a mission to support the collective in reconnecting with spirit, healing from the inside out, and bridging the gap between the spiritual and physical realms. I will be bringing you interviews, tools, chats, and resources designed to empower you as you expand into who you truly are. I am so excited and grateful that you tuned in today. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. Today on the podcast, I have Allison with me. And Allison is a life and relationship coach who is also transitioning into the realm of interior design and currently studying and working in that realm. So today on the podcast, we're actually going to be talking about transitions, changing, switching gears. You know, nothing in life is constant but change. And it's so important. And I I love this topic about transitions because you know, it's not, you know, one door shuts, another door opens. Both doors can be open at the same time. And and often, even if one door shuts, we can still be feeling that energy. So I do think it's just such an important topic. And so Allison, as she's transitioning, she's also coaching and she loves that. She loves supporting women and she always will support women. So Allison helps women around the world to have more love in and for their life. She teaches people to overcome mental, emotional, physical, and or spiritual challenges so that they can have the relationships they truly desire for themselves, their loved ones, and their life. Allison and I actually met back in Utah in 2018, and I do want to quickly share the story because it really is one of those, your intuition in the universe totally has your back moments. I will keep it to the short version, or at least try to, though there are so many details involved in terms of manifestation and spirit, it's so hard for me not to put those in, but The little story is that I wanted to go out to dinner one night with my husband, and I discovered this really cool restaurant in Utah that I was interested in trying. And my husband had just gotten home from eight days away, which was normal at that time. He worked eight days away, and he was home for six days. And I was totally dressed up, and I was like, let's do this. Like, take a shower, get ready, we're going out. And it was like a Tuesday at like 4 p.m. So it was a slow night is what I'm trying to get at in the restaurant. And Allison was our waitress and she was so wonderful. And like, I just love chatting with her. She just kept chatting with us. And at the end, she looked at me and she was like, are you interested in going to a women's circle? Because I'm hosting one tomorrow. And I was like, yes, I've been looking for one. Really, my soul was looking for one because I don't know why I said that, but I was, it, it felt, it was so truthful and yet it wasn't an active thing. I had been calling in friends and apparently that was it. So we, and since then we've just, we've known each other. We've been friends. We've worked together in different ways. It's so wonderful to have her on this episode and to just chat with her, um, not only about like, you know, her life coaching, like experience and how it has been changing into interior design and and how that shows up and how that feels and how that transition can have obstacles and challenges but also like leaning into those and knowing that it's not going to be that way forever and then in the end of this episode Allison gives us some fun tips about what to change in our home to help it feel more aligned to us or really really just how to get started in creating a home that's in alignment with who you are and we also talk about working with your partners and creating those sacred spaces as well. So thank you so much for hopping on today. I hope you have a truly wonderful experience listening to this episode. Please let me know any takeaways that you have. And to connect with Allison, everything as always is in the show notes. Hi, Allison. Welcome on. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to have you here. And as everyone will know the story about how we met, um, they've already listened to it. And um just excited to have you on because you're one of the people who helped me lean more deeply into spirituality and the spiritual journey. 
So it's really fun to have you on today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. And so today we're going to be talking about transitions, change, switching gears. And we've already seen each other through a lot of transitions, like in our <laughs> lives, moving cities, like partners, get, getting kids. That always sounds so weird, but literally getting kids, um, <laughs> friendships, different jobs. So it's exciting to, to talk about this because I think that change is kind of like this feared thing, but it's literally the only constant. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so how we're going to talk about this today right is because you are a life and relationship coach and you've been doing that for a long time um yeah, something in that realm yeah it's been like I guess since Utah really like we lived together in Salt Lake City and um I think right around the time of the pandemic um a lot of my yoga students or people that were coming to the women's circles and the moon circles and things like that just started reaching out to me asking for extra support and then sort of just led into a coaching business. So yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> right. Well, and even like, even I'll, I'll challenge that a little bit, right. Even before that hosting retreats, even the women's circles is a way of like coaching and mentoring. Mm -hmm. So like at least four or five years, five years, even, um, cause you were hosting women's circles in 2018. That's true. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> 2023, I was looking at photos to use for today and I came across this photo from a retreat. Um, so that was 2019. And I was like, man, I've really aged like five years. And I was like, oh, well, it's been four. So that makes sense. <laughs> so it's been a minute. So, okay. So you've been doing this for a little while, but now you are transitioning into interior design. Mm -hmm. So what has that been like? Like, how did that get initiated? Yeah, so so I moved back home, like, towards the end of the pandemic. Um, well, not really the end. I moved back basically in the middle of the pandemic. And so I came back home and was still doing my coaching business. And my mom, she's an interior designer. She specializes in kitchens and bathrooms, but she can also do a lot of other things. And it's her business is just her and her business partner. Um, so they have a really incredible <laughs> company and they do so much incredible work, but it's like just the two of them. And so she's at a point in her career where she's really trying to scale things back, but she's getting more and more work every day. <laughs> so, okay. Yes. <laughs> she was talking about that and just sharing that her workload was, was growing. And after six months of hearing about that and being really interested in design, just like getting things from my apartment or watching design shows on Netflix or just being more curious about how the spaces that we're in affect us internally and vice versa. Cause you know, my whole thing all these years has been about like the mental space, you know, how do we feel mm -hmm. what's going on in our head? What have we been through? How is what's going on in our head affecting the way that we see the world or the things that we choose to engage with in the world or vice versa? How is what we're seeing or experiencing affecting our state of mind? And I had never really thought about how design or like physical spaces really impact that like I guess intellectually I knew that and even when I would host those retreats like I made a point to make sure the spaces were beautiful and set flowers and clean up and like had you know nice things out on the floor and like everything was designed in a way to make it feel cozy and beautiful and inviting so it's not like I didn't know that the way that you curate a space affects what happens in the space but I didn't really think more about that like in a deeper way but once my mom was talking about 
her workload and wanting to scale back. And when I started thinking about um, wanting to build my own family, like I've been dating someone who's just incredible and I just want to have so many of his babies. (laughs) I just want to build a family with him. And so when I think about- Another transition. (laughs) Another transition. But when I think about like a future and raising kids and just being, you know, grounded in that way and like, you know, having a career that supports that, I was thinking, you know, life coaching is amazing and I'll always do it. I'll always support women. I'll always keep learning. I'll always keep like on that personal development path. But in terms of like the impact I want to have in the world and like the things that I want to learn and do and how I want to set myself up and my family up financially, it was like, maybe it's time for a change. And I had been thinking about going back to school for something in the healing realm, like maybe Chinese medicine or naturopathic medicine, just to kind of keep it consistent with the healing world. But then when my mom, again, was talking about her growing caseload, and I started to think more critically about how the spaces that we're in can still affect mental health and physical health, you know, like a clean and clear space can also be like a good thing for your health to keep society, right? I mean, there's so many facets to it. So then I was like, well, this is interesting. If I I can go back to school in a way by studying with my mom and learn a new skill and really expand my mind and then have a career where I don't ever have to give up coaching or doing women's circles or retreats, but I have something else that I can really build and scale to the, to the degree that I really want to, which ultimately is I've always wanted to build a healing center. So that's still an intention of mine, but the way that I used to see it was that I had to learn everything about the healing arts to then build the center. And now I'm like, Oh, did a lot of that. I'll keep doing that. But if I can now learn how to design a space and how to make it function properly, you know, architecturally and aesthetically, then I can design the space too um, and really make that vision come to life. So it was a lot of factors that led me to be curious about it. And then I, you know, reached out to my mom and I was like, would you be interested in teaching me design? And (laughs) we had multiple conversations and then we decided I would, we would just try it out. So she was a trial period where she was teaching me for like two or three months, um, part-time and it was a really good fit. Like, turns out I'm, it's like the way my mind works, you know, like I'm very like, yes, actually oriented. And I can so see that. I can so see that just based on like, yeah, like you said, like how you, even how you set up your house, like how you set up your room, that type of thing. And like, you obviously didn't know that like the space, I remember like you really liked things clean. And so like, you know, you would clean the space up before we'd all come over and, um, and that you could tell that there was a shift in how it make you feel. But I think you, you actually hit on a few, some really important things I like that you said, um, you will always support women. So it's like, literally, like, even if you're like no longer calling yourself a coach, right? Like, even if you're like, boop, that's done, door shut. Mm-hmm. Um, you're always going to support women. And it's like, now you can do that in a new way. And you can, of course, combine them because the skills you have learned are going to be also taking you into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I heard you say that, when I heard you say that, I'm always going to support women. Of course. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> you know, something in you, within you, but you can change the way in which you do that. And I think that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, if you're still a coach, maybe, maybe you're literally going into people's homes and you're helping them. There's so many ways, right? Helping them set up the spaces for themselves. Or like you said, designing your own um, healing center. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really fun. Thank you. So, yeah, it's going to be cool to see how it all plays out. Right, I know, right? <laughs> I think that's also a key piece. It's going to be cool to see how it all plays out. And if we can just keep that in our minds, like as we're going through these transitions and these changes, like 
especially because it's not usually one change happening in our life at a time, right? It's usually multiple. Yeah. Well, and so that's, it's just, that's such a good point too, because I, I, you know, in my own way, like challenge is so relative, of course, like everyone's experiences are different and um, where people are at and their development is going to be different. And, you know, you can go through the same thing twice, but the way you're going to experience it is going to be different each time or whatever. Yes. It's also relative, but at the same time, like there really is something like you said, exciting and curious and wonderful about transition and change. And also there's something that's a little bit challenging about it. Like I've noticed there are weeks where, you know, I'm learning a lot of new things and it's, some of it's really hard. Like super detail oriented, you make a mistake. It could be $2,000. It could be $10,000. Like these mistakes are really expensive. And so it's important to not make them and like to really like focus. And I, you know, it's an interesting thing to be learning about a craft at the same time as like doing work towards a craft. Like she, she's been an amazing teacher and not only has she been teaching me, but she's been giving me responsibility and like trusting me to do it. And that's freaky. You know, it's like, wait, you're telling me that I, I have to go do this now. Like what happens if I make a mistake? And she's like, we'll figure it out. Like you just have to keep, you just, how else are you going to learn? So I struggle some days with feeling inadequate or not good enough or not, I'm not ready. Or like, can I really do this? Or like, I'll even have days that are so funny where I'm like, I know what I need to do. Like I've already learned it. I've done it a couple of times, but I'll be given a task to do. And I'll be like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I can't do this. And I'll freak out for a second internally. And then I'll be like, wait, just breathe. I know what to do. I have all the tools. I have all the resources. I can look stuff up like just one step at a time. And with new crafts or with transition, sometimes it's hard to take one step at a, t- at a time because you just yeah. want to be there. Or I just yes. want to be there. Like I want to be like a great designer already <laughs> and like, having all my own clients and like really feel like I'm in the groove. But that might take me years, you know? And so it's like, then some weeks I feel so adequate and I'm like learning so much and I feel so optimistic, but it it oscillates because, you know, like you were pointing out, like transition can be really, it can be both, both and. Both (laughs) and, right? And I'm over here like, huh, I wonder how that times up with your cycle. Um, That's just (laughs) where my brain always goes. Like, because I have weeks. It's funny because when you were saying that, I was wondering, Ah, I wonder if she felt those things as she was going along in the beginning of her coaching business as well. Mm. Yeah, that was a really good point. I did. It felt different though. Like one thing that I'll be candid about is that one of the biggest things I've been working on in the last two years since I moved home is like learning how to just stay and how to be committed and like kind of grounded in one thing and not like I've always loved travel and like I moved to a new state or city every year or two for like all of my 20s and you know I just I've loved movement and change or even when I was doing coaching I was also doing yoga and energy healing and like side jobs writing articles or I always had a bunch of working on a farmer's market like I always had a bunch of things going on so one thing I've noticed is that it's it's challenging for me to just like stay and focus and so the the feeling of like inadequacy or the feeling of I can't do this is a little bit stronger with design one, because like the caliber is higher. Like if I make a mistake in coaching, like, oh, I forget to send someone an email, like it doesn't cost, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like $10,000 or, you know, maybe even offset like a contractor's ability to install a cabinet or, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the same caliber in that way, but also um, like with coaching, I could work from anywhere. I could still travel. It's like, 
something in a way that comes natural to me. Like I didn't, I didn't go to school to become a coach. I went through life experiences and did a lot of research and, you know, put myself into like women's programs and like really tried to learn as much as I could. Um, but it was like natural to me. It always felt like just kind of who I am. And it's not that I don't feel like a designer, but I don't feel like a designer yet. Like there's so much for me to grow into. So the way that I get um, triggered or insecure on those lower days is, is different, even though of course, like in owning your own business, no matter what it is, no matter how solid you feel about it, you're going to have hard days too, but yeah, right. it's different. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yes. I get it. Well, and also like you're working with family too. So it's like, there's that little extra piece, but I think also working with other people, right. Versus just being a solo entrepreneur working for yourself. It's just different. I think, you know, it can feel different sometimes on a team. I know like whenever I talk to someone who's starting a new job, there's that little period where it's like a baby horse learning how to walk, you know, <laughs> like where it's like, Ooh, I'm wobbly. And um, can I, can I do this? I, I get home. I don't know what I'm doing in this job. <laughs> and um, it's funny though, because I think I even stayed in jobs, like in my career field as a nanny for a long time. I didn't, I didn't um, want to do it anymore. But I felt so, it was so easy. I could get to know a new family so quickly. I just jumped right into it. it like I said, it just felt really natural for me. And I was like, but I don't want to do this anymore. Why mm -hmm. do I keep doing this? Well, because it's easy. And I was like, I would get too much anxiety if I want to start a new job. And then I was like, I don't even want to work for anyone. What am I doing? Let me just do my own thing. <laughs> you know, and I would say there's, there, and especially in the beginning, a lot more anxiety that came from this and a lot more healing that came from doing this. Right. Really pushing yourself any. out of a, different degree of comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like I, I got so comfortable in that realm and I could ask for exactly what I wanted and all that stuff. And then in this realm, it's like, okay, now I have to learn how to price. Now I have to learn, I have to make a fourth website. I have, you know, cause I was already making websites for photography, but I was like, I have to do this, learn this program, learn that, learn how to become a podcast host, learn, you know, it's just all these different things that you're learning and you're putting yourself out there in a different way. And I think that's like, like with an interior design, you're putting yourself out there in a different way. You are taking risks. Yeah. Like, especially like with sometimes like financial risks or potentially, um, you know, like you said, not being the contractor, not being able to put a cabinet in. You're like, oh shit, I got that wrong. Um, so it's like, we're putting our, putting yourself out there in a new way. I think that can feel scary or like talking about transitions and change, like you and I traveled and moved a lot. So for us, that really wasn't scary. Mm -hmm. um what was more scary was like oh my god I'm buying a house um and I'm going to be living here for let's see six years <laughs> seven years and being like okay that felt scarier so it's but for some people moving us moving cities would be really terrifying yeah. right um yeah. and that's All totally so valid relative. yeah yeah so it's like what what do you do then on these days where you're feeling like, oh, I'm a designer, but I'm not a designer. I mean, I feel inadequate. What if I make a mistake? What do you do? Well, it's actually interesting because another thing that I'm working through, this has been a really big healing year, the last, last actually maybe year and a half, two years. Um, so this is also new for me, like, you know, for a long time, ever since I was little, um, like when my parents divorced, and I was four, I had it in my head that like, I was just going to have to figure everything out for myself and like do it all on my own. And like, I couldn't lean on anybody and like, was never going to be supported again. So I just had to like support myself and like everybody around me. So because of that, like it hasn't 
come easy for me or natural to me to actually like lean on someone else for support or be like really vulnerable when I'm having hard days. Um, so a huge thing that's been helpful for me is this relationship. Like my partner is just so, so incredible. Like he's so in tune, so empathetic. He's so, he's so good with his words too. Like if I try to communicate, like, I don't really know what's going on for me, but I feel like I just don't feel good right now. He's like, well, could it be this? Or could it be that? Or like, what about this? Or like, this happened lately. Like, how do you feel about that? Like, he's so good at trying to narrow in for me or help me narrow in on what I'm feeling because I mean, it's just sometimes really hard for me to even know, like he helped me realize even that, like I was feeling inadequate at work. Like I didn't even have those words. Cause in my mind, it wasn't possible for me to be not good at it. Like I had to be good at it from the beginning, but that's such a crazy concept. Like when I say it out loud, I'm like, what? Like <laughs> I would my subconscious think that because no one's going to be good at something when they just start, but exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I just, you know, and there's so many reasons for that. Um, like why I was sort of wired that way, but unlearning that, you know, a huge thing that gets me through is being able to like call my partner and say, I'm having a really hard day. And, um, and of course I know I'm going to get through it. And in two days I'm going to feel better. And like, I'm learning so much and there's all these positive things. Like I'm not dwelling on the negative, but it's a really like grounding thing to be able to just call someone and be like, Hey, I'm not feeling great. And then to be like, that's okay. I love you. Like, I'll yep. keep and then it's like, Oh, okay. Like, see you soon. You know? So that's been really helpful. And, um, and then also I think the techniques that I've learned over the years for like calming anxiety or stress or just meditation or thinking critically, like analyzing what's coming up. Um, because even though I might not have had the exact words to explain, this is what I'm feeling in this moment. Cause it's, it's all new stuff for me. Like the stuff that's been coming up through this job is new. So like, I don't always have the words to describe how it feels, but I have the, I've had the tools to be able to say like, is this a, a feeling that's like, supporting me or is this a feeling that's like you know because I'm triggered and if it's because I'm triggered what do I need right now okay I need water or I need to take a walk or I need to like call my partner I need to go drink some tea or I need to check in with my boss my mom and be like hey how am I doing like is this what you needed done or ask questions or I need to like put myself in a space where I'm not staying in the trigger but I'm do actively doing things to um like re-support and nourish myself but Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a journey, you know, and it's also funny because like every two days, you know, like it feels like it cycles within days, you know, like there'll be a day where I'm like, oh, I'm not doing anything. Like I, I'm just like not helping at all. And then the next day I'm like helping so much. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, you know? Um, so it's, it's an interesting, it's interesting. <laughs> well, and I also feel like two transitions and change, they, they give us so many opportunities to release. Because mm -hmm. I think within those big changes, like, I mean, moving here has been like the most healing, like two and a half years of my entire life. And I, you know, I was doing the healing work before, but something about staying here and knowing I'm staying here, I'm doing this work, you know, it's happening. Mm -hmm. But it's been really uncomfortable at times. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's it is that that opportunity to release, like in like you're saying, like you know, it's only going to last a little while. You know, it's not forever. And then you're also being given like. That's the other thing you said too, that I think is really important for people during transition is their partner, their friend, or a mentor or coach. If they, if they don't have people in their lives who can support them in that way during those moments, you can find someone who can, you know, like who can support you. 
Um, because for a long time, like I worked with my coach, I, I felt like that's who I could really speak to most yeah. about certain things. And, um, and of course my husband too, but then he didn't always necessarily have the tools with like how to help me get through those, like, especially darker, like darker, deeper traumas. Um, but now, I mean, and even then, but now I can go to him and be like, I feel like shit. I just want to cry. Can you just hug me? Right. Okay, cool. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. And then I go about my day and everything's fine. He doesn't, you know, it's not like, what's wrong? It's like, okay, you cried. Okay. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to go clean the kitchen now, or I'm going to go do a podcast episode. Yeah. And I think those spaces and those people, it's so nice to like be given that invitation to be like, Hey, that's, that's cool that you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Honor that. And then you're just going to still go on with your day. So like you're saying, not staying, not choosing to stay stuck in that trigger. Yeah. And it's like a really cool thing. I mean, you know, it's, it's powerful when people are in partnership or friendships or, or mentorship environments where the people trust each other enough, right? It's like, there's, there's trust in that to be able to say like, I trust that even though you're having a hard day that you will get through it. Not just because I believe that you can, but also because I know that you're actively going to take steps to support yourself, even though you know that I'm here and there's other resources available to you. Like, I know you're going to do the work. So like the person on the other end, really trusting. And then the person themselves who's like going through the hard time, a trusting the people they're confiding in, but then be like also feeling that trust. Like, yeah, I trust that I'm going to, I'm going to keep growing. And I think that's such a, a powerful tool also, not just for hard days, but definitely for transitions, like looking at it as a growth opportunity and not necessarily as a, um, as something other than that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just a challenge and nothing more. I'm always like, there's, there's opportunities and obstacles, everyone. There's opportunities and obstacles. And the thing is with that too, it's okay to feel the obstacle and be like, man, this sucks right now. But it's, and then you can also at the same time, know, I know this is not forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that my emotions are literally like the waves. They're just coming in and out. They're flowing. They're, you know, they're constantly changing and transitioning. Mm-hmm. Um. So you're st- so you're doing both right now then, right? You're you're still mentoring clients mm-hmm. and you're working in interior design. Yeah, so it's so it's funny like speaking of do- having multiple things going on at once when I first was working full time um in the d- interior design world, I was also still teaching yoga <laughs> and doing reiki and having coaching clients. So I have happy to say I've scaled back. I'm no longer teaching yoga. Um someday I'll probably pick that up again because I just love it so much, but Um, in the interest of focusing, I'm no longer teaching yoga and I've closed out, you know, Reiki clients. I'm not doing that anymore. And then all of my coaching clients that I had before I went full-time with interior design, um, I talked with all of them and we talked about transitioning out of the coaching work very slowly. Like I wasn't going to just stop seeing people right away. So everyone got on like a transitioning phasing out program. And then, but now I'm still working with some of them because they're just amazing. And Um, even though we're kind of off of the regular schedule, I still see them from time to time. And then I also, there were a few other women that reached out that were referrals and they're just so amazing that I couldn't say no. And I love the coaching work so much that I just, so yes, I'm still seeing clients. And if people reach out looking for support, I'll probably always still see clients. Um, and it'll also just depend on how much time I have in the day. Like right now, I, I, I work full time and then I get home and I typically have like one or two client calls in like the work week evenings. Um, some Sundays I'll also take a call or two. So I'm just fitting it in where I can. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll wow. See okay. So, but you, you've narrowed it down to two things versus like when I met you like 25 things. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Just yeah. kidding. That's an exaggeration, but <laughs> multiple different things, yeah. <laughs> cool things that you were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's interesting too, because it's like, I don't know. I felt like it was like layers. Like when you were saying that you were teaching yoga and doing Reiki, and then you've, you know, transitioned out of those things for now, close that down, yeah. maybe teach yoga in the future, but it's like this layer to the transition that you're going through. Um, which is, so it's not cut and dry. It's like, well, I'm still doing some mentoring, but I've lessened it. I really want to lean into interior design. Mm-hmm. And I love this at that point, it is a both and situation, but at the same point, you're like, <laughs> okay, because it's also about what's sustainable too, in yeah. the transition. Like, is, is it sustainable to do Reiki coaching yoga, you know, and interior design and mm-hmm. also have a life and be in a partnership and have friends and do family things and still travel. And, you know, it's like, okay, wait, where's my priorities? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like, I think at least for me, my twenties, I I had so much energy in my twenties and I just like, like we talked about, like, I loved being in like constant movement and change and travel and meeting new people. And I just, I was like energized by that. And as I've, you know, as I was working towards 30 and now that I am 30, I've become way more introverted. Um, it's funny because when I was really young, I was very introverted and shy and then like middle school to like maybe 26 years of age, I was more extroverted and just like very social, even though I also needed alone time. And now I'm like hundred percent introvert. Like I just want to be home most of the time. But, um, but yeah, I think that has, has some to do with it too. Like for sure, prioritizing and just wanting to be more focused so I can really excel at the craft that I'm working on and focusing on. But I think also just energy wise, like it, it's, it's like a, just not where I was in my (laughs) twenties. Yes, totally. Well, and also it's not even, it's like, it's also honoring yourself too. Right. And just honoring where you're at and honoring even for me, it's funny that you brought up the extrovert introvert. I always thought I was an extrovert and I'm really like, I'm right on the cusp. I'm like a fi- literally 50, 50 and like the Myers-Briggs, but I do, I've been like the last two years, I've been alone a lot more. And only now am I really starting to try and branch out, but I was doing my own thing, my own journey, you know, but my husband was like, you are not an extrovert. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. I've you're an introvert. And, um, <laughs> And I think what I was doing was because we've been taught in our culture that extrovert is better, Mm -hmm. that you need to be out there. You need to be talking. You need to be, I felt like I was trying to kind of keep up in that way. Totally. And then I wasn't honoring the fact that I need alone time to do my own thing, to really like support myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. I totally, I completely resonate with that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's like, it's Friday night. Okay, cool. I'm going to hang up by myself and do a ritual. And that's okay. And that's not yeah. sad. I know. <laughs> um, and that's exciting. I love that you said that. Like, it's so nice to just, I mean, we've talked about this, but I'm in a process now of exploring Judaism. And like, it's so cool to just be able to take Friday nights and Saturdays and just be home and mm-hmm. read and look at design books and take walks and like, not like you said, feel the pressure or even like the enthusiasm to be out late on Fridays or out all day on Saturdays. Like it's so nice to be able to just relax and really recharge. So I love that. When it was even with that and within the experience of transitions and changes, it's like, we get to make the rules. Yeah. (laughs) We get to make, who says Friday night you have to go out late. Why can't you be at home looking at design books and going on a walk? Why does that matter? You know, and so much of that is unlearning and even even on learning about like changing jobs, you know, I think people get even more hyped about it, say changing jobs, because we've been taught to, or, we, or we've been taught that we have to be good at something the first day we started. 
not that we've been, we've been, we've internalized that from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have, I don't think you're the only one who has, who has felt that way. And, and, and it really, like you said, I'm saying it out loud and I'm thinking that's crazy. But so many people think that they start a new job and they're like, why am I bad at this? Why did I mess up? Why don't I know this? Because you don't know it yet. It's okay. You're not supposed to, you're not, you know, maybe you're just out of college. Maybe you've never done that before. You know, like it's like learning how to do a load of laundry. It's okay. If you mess up the first time you never, never knew. So it's like allowing yourself to be in that space, really that in-between space of like, I'm getting better at this. I'm still not great, but I know I will be. Yeah. And then allowing yourself to be bad at something. It's really like allowing, I posted this thing on Instagram, me sitting on my husband's closet uh, floor with my um, youngest gaming microphone doing my first podcast episode. I did not know what I was doing. Especially in the beginning, I was like, I felt so uncomfortable mm-hmm. doing them. And now I'm just like, Hello, let's try to <laughs> transition. But that came with time and I did it. I just, like I said, I did it even though I felt like I was bad at it. I was still mm-hmm. going to do it until I got, got better at it and I'm still getting better at it. Mm-hmm. So, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Before we end this, um, since we're, I know we're talking about transitions, but also as you're leaning into interior design, um, can you, can you tell us like a few simple shifts people can make to their home to like make it feel more in alignment for them? Ooh, I love that question. Um, yeah, I think a great place to start is grabbing a piece of paper or journal and like really taking a moment to think about like what makes you feel at home. And the reason why I think that's a good place to start is because there are so many different objects we can put in a space or different ways we can rearrange things or update things or change colors. But if we don't know like what actually makes us feel at home, even if the space is beautiful, it might not feel like your space or it might not feel like you can just relax in it or that it like really feeds you in some way. So I think a good place to start is really writing down like what makes you feel at home? Like what about your objects? Like, do you love like, Do you, and maybe even also journaling about like, do I tend to have stuff that like is nostalgic for me and is meaningful or stuff that is not like, do I hold on to things? Do I not hold on to things? And then first and foremost, the next thing after that would be like really going through everything. Like, I know it sounds like a lot of work, but just taking a day, like a Sunday or a couple Sundays, um, to go through everything you own, like not everything, if you have a huge house, but you really want to focus on one room at a time, like go through all of your books, like go through all of your kitchenware, go through all of your clothes, like really make sure that all of those things hold them, look at them, have a relationship with them and say like, does, do you, do you make sense at this point in my life? Like how long have I had you? Where did you come from? Like, do you still need to be here? Do you need to move on? Like talking about transitions, like, are you ready for a new home? Do I need new things to come into the space and really looking at what you have? Because a lot of us, a lot of people, a lot of us tend to just collect stuff or hold on to things because it has some nostalgic value, which is great and doesn't mean you have to get rid of it, but sometimes it does um, if it's no longer, you know, making you feel great. Um, but yeah, like people just tend to collect stuff and things just end up in a space or whatever, or you, or you had a style that you loved at one point and now it no longer resonates, but you don't really know it doesn't resonate because you're not really thinking about it. Um, but if you look through all of your stuff and you really ask, like, do I still like this? Does this comfort me? How does it make me feel? And then the things that don't make you feel good 
or the things that you just don't necessarily feel like are the right vibe anymore, um, get rid of them, right? Charity is amazing. Give them away, sell them if you can, but even just giving stuff away is incredible. And then let the space be clear for a minute. Like let it be full of just what you want to keep. And then you can ask yourself based on the things I know about what makes me feel safe or comfortable or design styles that I like or colors that I like now, like, what am I curious to update? Like, what about the space is feeling incomplete? Is it that the couch isn't comfy enough? Is it that the wall color is just a little bit off? Is it that the windowsills are too empty or too full? Is it that, I mean, I'm just looking around my apartment and I'm looking at things to say out loud, but whatever space you're in, it's like, what's going on in the space that needs to be changed. And then from there, um, some really nice techniques that I think are easy to adopt are like um, clumping things. I don't know if there's like a technical term for that in design, but if you have like a bunch of different objects all spaced out, like one single object at a time, it can make it feel very cluttered. But if you pull a few things into like a group, so if you take like three or four objects together and kind of leave them off to one side and then do a few objects together somewhere else and kind of like group things together, it feels like one thing in the space and not multiple things. Um, So that can really help just make it feel less cluttered. Um, I think cleaning is also a really great way, cleaning and organizing. I know that's really hard for some people, but maybe also grabbing your journal and asking yourself, like, why is that hard? Or like, what, what maybe is coming up for you around that? Because um, the way our space is, is a reflection of the internal. So if the space is really cluttered and there's a lot going on in it, it hasn't been cleaned in a long time, like, what might that person be avoiding? Or what might that person be afraid of saying like this thing has its place here like what about placement or what about like things being where they're meant to be is like off putting in some way or challenging or like what else might be going on that's deeper um that might be making the space feel cluttered or not like you um so those are also great places to start I think um I love that because well, yeah, I love all of that. And I think that is like so beautiful. You're like, just get your journal and just what does home feel like? I'm like, yes. And this is where the coach and mentor in you is totally going to be in interior design, <laughs> in your interior design work, because it, it's just part of you yeah. asking great questions. And, um, and I think like you tied it to transitions, which I thought was so beautiful because sometimes we have an item and maybe like you said, like it's nostalgic, but it's not lighting us up anymore. Maybe it is making us feel sad and our energy is literally lowering while we hold it or it's who we once were, but it's not who we are now. And then we think, oh, well, I bought this sweater and I really loved it. I have to keep it because, oh, maybe I spent a hundred dollars on it and I loved it, but it's not me anymore. And I feel bad that I'm changing. No, it's like, it's okay. And so I I love that because I think it ties so well with everything, right? Like even with you, like it's okay to want to lean out and kind of close down some of your clients and lean into interior design or stop yoga, uh, teaching yoga for now. It doesn't mean it's not who you were or part of you even right now, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it's honoring where you're at in this moment. I, I went through all of my clothes at one point and was like, is this on my highest timeline? Is right. this on my most optimal timeline? And if the answer was no, I got rid of it. And I pretty much got rid of almost every single item of clothing I had. Yeah. And that was really scary because for a while I had like four outfits, right? And you're like, oh my God, what right. I had all these clothes. Well, I never liked half of them right. or, or I, you know, so I also with people who like change hobbies, for example, and they have all this craft, just say they have all this craft stuff. They do clay. Right. And they just, they, they start ignoring the clay and they don't want to do it anymore. 
And then every time they see it, it kind of invokes guilt. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, it's okay to transition out of liking the clay and into something else like painting, whatever. So well said. I mean, that's a huge part of it. It's like, and that's where the journal will be so powerful for people because sitting down and like, like you're basically boiling it down to is like, what am I afraid to let go of? And like, what what does this thing represent? And like, what am I afraid is going to come into the space? Or even like, am I afraid that I don't deserve all the things that I want to come into the space? Like what's my resistance to receiving new things in my home or an update in the space or moving to a new place that's bigger or nicer or different in some way. And um, I think those are really profound places to start also because I think a lot of people in today's world with, with Instagram or Pinterest, it's like people can see images of a space and be like, I just love this. Like I want this to be my space. But a lot of the time, either a, it's not practical because you're, you're looking at a kitchen and you want to redo your dining room. Like it's not the same space or you're looking at a kitchen, but the layout is entirely different to your kitchen or yours is a different size or the windows are placed differently or just there's, there's practical reasons why a picture can't necessarily become like the end all be all. And I think a lot of people then get like disheartened because they're like, well, I can't make a space look like this. Like, I don't know how to like incorporate this design style into my place, but then grab your journal. And it's like, what about those pictures do you like? Like what feelings do they invoke in you? Um, what colors do you like about it? Like really thinking, I mean, it's like, sometimes I'll look at a design picture and I'll be like, I don't even know why I like this so much. And then I'll realize there's one, there's like a basket in the corner. And I feel like the basket was just placed so perfectly that if the basket was removed, it would feel like a different room. So like thinking about stuff that way, it's like, what about it do you like? Like if something were, were changed in the photo, would it feel different for you in your space? Like if you could just move some stuff around, like would that change it for you? Do you actually need to get new stuff? Like I think well, it's, maybe you like the green kitchen cabinets and if they were blue, you wouldn't even like that kitchen. Exactly. So that's where it's like step one is just getting really clear about what you like and what you don't like. And again, like that's hard, right? It's a really hard thing to do. So I don't, I'm not saying it's easy, but at least grabbing a journal and you know, asking some of these challenging and curious right. questions is a really great place to start. And then other tips. I mean, there's so many, so well, much. Do you stuff. have time for one more question? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I would like to connect your, you know, mentorship and coaching relationship, coaching mm-hmm. to interior design. Okay. So what if your style is different than your partner's? Ooh, I love that question. So (laughs) so then I would say, grab your journals. (laughs) Like you grab your journal, they grab their journal. And I would say you, like both people start by writing down again, the same questions. What makes me feel at home? What makes me feel safe? What do I want to come home to? Right. What's my level of desire and comfort with like cleaning and organizing. Like some people are like, I don't need a clean space. Like I function optimally if the space is a little bit messy. Some people are like, I need it to be perfect. And some people are like, I never even thought about cleaning. You know what I mean? So everyone's range of what feels comfy and cozy is different. And there's a lot of design styles where actually having some things out of place or blankets thrown on the couch or just stuff that's a bit disorganized can really make it feel like lived in and comfy. So so everybody's preferences are going to be different in that way. And I think, again, getting the journal out and starting by really analyzing, like, what do I like? What's a reasonable expectation for me? What color schemes do I like? How do I want to utilize the space even? Because some people will have a room that they just think is supposed to be the living room because when they moved in, that's what the people before them had. But really, 
it would be much better use for them and their families if it was like a game room and they just had a bunch of board games and a comfy rug and pillows on the floor or like thinking practically about how do I actually want to use this space and it doesn't have to be used in like the way that other people might have used it. Um, so really separately, both people writing about that and then coming together and sharing in a in a fun way. Like I think the approach also has to come from mutual respect and excitement. Like how are we going to compromise? Because if both people or even if one person is too stubborn, that's always going to be a conflict in relationships, regardless of what the topic is, but particularly right. with design, both people have to feel at home. So it ought to be exciting for the partners to be like, I love you so much. I'm so happy to live with you. This is an amazing chapter of our lives. Like let's compromise and work together to figure out how we can make this space feel like us as a unit rather than just me or just you, like you're a unit. That's what relationships are. You become, um, you, you know, you, live together it's like you're becoming a right a collective space and so yeah yeah so really talking that through I think pulling pictures together like maybe having a night in where they look through magazines or books and again talk about like what about this do you like what about that do you like how would you want to use this and then and then making lists like I think that doing it in a structured way also is really helpful when it comes to design because some people most people would feel too overwhelmed to just be like, I have to get all new stuff. And therefore I have to like order a million things and not really practically look at like, what are the measurements? How's it going to lay out? Make a list of the cost. How do I budget for this? Like, does it all make sense together? Like, I might really like this couch, but it might not look good with this table. Like, how do I work it all together? So making the list, pulling pictures, taking space from it, like not ordering everything right away or not like, feeling like you need to have a whole new space in a day, you know, giving, giving room to grow, right. Transitions take time and, and, um, letting the process be fun. And even if there's stuff that's hard about it, like if someone, that would be the other thing. If there are things that are hard about it in the sense that someone really has a strong preference, I think that also needs to be talked about that. Like each person can have like a handful of things, maybe that they're like this, I, really don't want to buy John, but like we can talk through how to still maybe compromise a little bit, but this is super important to me. So highlighting like what are the absolute important factors of the design features that a person likes, but then also what are the negotiable factors that a person likes? Right. Like someone might say, I absolutely need to have um, six table, six chairs at the dining table because I want to have six people that can sit there, whereas the other person would ideally like four. But if the person who's like, I really don't want to compromise on this doesn't, and they go for the six chairs, then the other person gets to have something maybe like, I want, I don't know, black clay plates in our kitchen rather than green, or I don't know, whatever the things are, but really giving some, some leeway so that each person can have a say in some of the things that are really important. And then if both people have a really strong opinion about that one thing, take space, talk it out, talk about all the reasons why you want it, what, why it's meaningful, how you could do it differently, just like really play it out in your heads and in conversation, take some space from it. And then hopefully they'll be able to be a little bit more resolved, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you have any ideas? Oh, about like, cause you have, oh my God. I mean, my, my brain is like, I'm like, I'm even thinking like, okay, in human design, like for me, it's like, I want the house to feel a certain way. And for my husband, it's probably more detail oriented because he's a specific, you know, manifester and I'm, I'm totally feelings based, you know? So I'm over here like, huh. And I think too, um, for us, like if there's little spaces that are, if you just, 
if you're in a space where you can each have your own area, I think that can actually be really helpful too. Totally. Um, because I, for example, I, I have my own office now, but I didn't, but I had my own half bathroom and I have rainbow colored frames all over that thing. I mean, there is just artwork <laughs> and pictures everywhere. And like, that could be my living room if, you know, yeah. like if I was a single lady, I could just have pink picture frames everywhere and hot pink everywhere. You know what I mean? But that's, that's not going to be for my family, you know? Yeah. But every time I go in my bathroom, I'm like, Ooh, it's so pretty in here. Also we have an A-frame, so we don't have a lot of flat walls. So it just really doubles as this nice space for me. But yeah, my husband and I always laugh because um, especially in the beginning, like my style was really colorful and like fun and vibrant. And his was like really fancy and formal. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of combining like fancy and fun at the same time. Yeah. Like I think our dining table, it's really fancy in my opinion, but the chairs, I love it too. Like I have that fancy in me too, but our chairs also have these big ferns that come up the back and they're carved out of wood. Right. That's fun, right. you know, or I can put something fun on the table, yeah. right? Like a vase or something that I like. Um, and so I think there is that compromise piece or especially like when it comes to paint colors, you know, we pick those out together. Um, I, I personally think I care more about it than he does right now. <laughs> and I'm always like, help me rearrange this room. And I, you also touched on something else. Um, transitions take time. And I think that within, I always tell people they move into their home. My husband's in real estate too. So they move into their home, right? And you just expect it to be like perfect right away. Yeah. We have lived here for two and a half years and I am still, I have one room that I'm like, this is pretty good. Yeah. And I have other rooms that I'm like, this is not feel good. What right. can I do? Right. But also what can I do with what I have right. already? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm, so we're just moving random things around and we're just trying different things, putting books here, putting different things around or repainting a space or just rearranging furniture. And I think just allowing yourself that time. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you, you really spoke to something super important. I know we have to wrap up soon, but I, I feel like we could just keep talking forever. But I know we have to, yeah. <laughs> you spoke about something super important though, too, which is like, if there's enough space, I mean, that would be amazing if everyone could have this, but if there's enough space for people to have their own space within the home, like that's amazing, you know, okay, here's your room, your office, your whatever to decorate. Here's your space to decorate and have it just feel like you guys can go to your places and really feel fully like you're in your space. Mm -hmm. And for, for people who don't necessarily have that, maybe they're in a one or two bedroom apartment and they can't, you know, make that happen at this point in time, then, okay, maybe you guys compromise on your styles for now to the best of your ability, but you have vision boards or you guys talk through like the house you're going to get someday and you get excited about the rooms you're each going to have. And you, you really build towards the future of being able to have spaces like that, if it's important to, to, to you right. or each other. And so that's an idea or even like, you know, and it's, I love what you're saying too, of, of blending styles. Now that can get tricky in some scenarios. It just depends on the couples. I mean, I love that you guys have gotten creative in the way that you have. And, but, um, but I think it's really good. It's good advice too. Like just the idea of how do, do you make it feel like the both of you, you know? So right. amazing. And also on that, this last thing as I was thinking is like, like you were talking about compromise with it as well. And it's like, yeah, if there's something that's really, really important to him and I really don't care about it, why? Like, that's totally fine. He can have it that way. Do you know what I mean? There are certain things that I would really care about. Um, and he's the same. He's like, okay, that's fine. If that's really important to you. And I think also learning for us learning, um, we did this clutter bug quiz. It was just like how we keep clutter. Cause I am like just notoriously more messy than him, but it's because I'm visual. I want to see my stuff out or I forget about it. Yeah. Like 
I want to leave my closet door open because I want to see my clothes. It's weird. But when I learned that and when I learned that he likes things um, like micro organized and hidden away, yeah. like a filing cabinet. Right. If an important paper goes into a filing cabinet, I'll never think about it again. And right. so to learn that about myself and to learn that about him, we've been able to create these spaces that work for both of us. I love that. So well, funny. it's also so powerful too, that you not only have identified that, but also that you've been able to get rid of a lot of your clothes then. Like I think for people, I'm like right. you in that sense where I, I want everything to be out so I can see it as well. But what I've learned in that regard also is that I just then have to have less stuff in some yes. le- on some level because otherwise it can feel like too much in the space and I have to find creative ways. And I'm sure you've done this too, but creative ways to display the things that I have. Like I, I fold and stack all my jeans on a bench in my room because I want to see them and it like looks pretty, you know? But, um, but if I just had them out random, it wouldn't look so great. So it's still organized, but it feels like an aesthetic part of the room. And then I can find my jeans, you know? (laughs) So yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So before we wrap up this episode, um, I like to have people tell us where they can find you. I know that you're not, I don't think you're fully taking on your own interior design clients yet. Mm-mm. Um, but where can they, where can they find you? Where can they reach out to you? Learn more about what you're doing. Yeah, I think great way. I mean, I'm off Instagram right now, but I plan to get back on at some point. So just following on Instagram, Allison Amrita, um, and staying in the loop that way, or sending me an email. Um, if people are interested in coaching, they can also go to my website or send me an email, not necessarily accepting new clients, but I'm also not necessarily rejecting new clients. So feel free to reach out. Like if someone's super inspired to work with me, I'm always going to be willing to have a conversation and see if it's a good fit. Perfect. I will link all of it in the show notes on your website, Instagram, and email. So people can reach out to you that way, but thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. This could be like a 12 parter on interior design and even relationships alone. So I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for hopping on today. I would love to know your favorite takeaway from this episode. You can find me on Instagram at a nourishing place, or let me know in your review. Community is so important to me and within a nourishing place. I would love to connect with you further. Sending you so many blessings and so much love. 